0: Hello, and welcome to Party Business, a Rings of Power podcast. We are here to talk Tolkien, but more so about the power of the female gaze in fantasy. Make no mistake, this is an unapologetically thirsty podcast, but we hope that with our episode discussion and lore deep dives, there will be something for everyone.
1: Hi, I'm Bo North. I'm a novelist, current television reviewer over at The Spool. My pronouns are she,
0: her. And I'm El Busco, she, her, I host a uh, podcast with friends and also occasionally contribute to review content for the Spool. You you contribute
1: amazing pieces to the Spool. I feel like I didn't say something in the first episode, but I really want to because the number of times I have read your review on Maximum Overdrive... <laughs> Would embarrass you if you knew how many times I read it. I
0: I have <laughs> it read it. It is like,
1: one of the funniest things I have ever read in my life.
0: Thank you. I'm very I'm very proud of that. And I, if anything, I think a lot about like um, I wish I don't know how to do it or to tap into it, but I want mm-hmm. to just write reviews like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. If I could just write reviews like that, um, I would be very happy because it it I really loved how it turned out.
1: Yeah. Uh and you're a fantastic writer. So, thank you. Don't hide your light under a bushel.
0: Okay. <laughs> um yes, if you if if you're curious about what um some random person thinks about um Stephen King's Maximum Maximum Overdrive, a um, masterpiece um, which really. is his directorial debut. Um <laughs> Uh, i believe he said there. he's
1: gonna come back and make a second one i'm like please
0: did you not learn your lesson the first time <laughs> god did he get into the cocaine again is that what happened did he, i
1: did, mean did i hear find that an old happens le-
0: late in life yeah because i it wasn't it wasn't a great idea or outcome um right but i
1: mean depending on who you ask but yeah
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, But
1: we're not here to talk Stephen King or Maximum Overdrive, surprisingly. Um, Although I could talk Stephen King all day. We're here to talk episode two of The Rings of Power Adrift. An episode that's going, uh, the title, you know, uh, pretty obvious meaning in this one. But an exciting episode. We get to meet some new characters. Yes.
0: And this is really where the show, um, because when you first messaged me about watching this, and you mm-hmm. were like, "I need someone else to talk about how horny this show is." Um, you
1: watch the first one, and you're like, "I don't really see." I it. know. I'm like, "This is and this feels
0: like regular, degular fantasy to me." Because mm-hmm. even the the storyline, which is the most outwardly like romantic, is yeah. you know it it's tropey, right? Like, there's nothing like yeah. interesting necessarily about it as is. The characters are compelling, but like mm-hmm. you know, we've seen it. We we and right. uh, we've honestly in fellowship. The human, uh, Elvin love their love story. There is like so good, like it's it's oh, hard yeah. to top. But so the first up, I was like, I I don't really see it. But this second up mm-hmm. was when I was like, oh my god, this show's <laughs> this so show horny.
1: It's toe curly <laughs> Yeah,
0: I was like, I cannot stand end, it.
1: By the end of this series, I mean, I'm just gonna be like a little ball. <laughs> I'll yeah, just be so tense from all of the thirst happening on on screen so I mean some of these characters I I think some of these we may have met in the first episode but not really in depth but we're going to get more into it with this episode um primarily we get to meet Celebrimbor who Mm -hmm. is the great elven smith like the the greatest elven smith next to Feanor who crafted the Silmarils he Celebrimbor is the one that makes the rings of power except for the one ring yeah.
0: yeah yeah he um is that bitch has always been that bitch that is <laughs> that is i
1: yeah. i put in my notes downton abbey because he is played by the guy that played michael gregson in downton abbey <laughs> yes. and i cannot unsee it
0: <laughs> yeah he and it's i don't know why it's not i don't think it's written or played to be funny but it is so funny to me the way that he carries himself in the show and walks around yeah because I think I
1: compared him to Mod from the TV show
0: Mod. Yes,
1: <laughs> you know same energy. He Very has much. that B
0: that B Arthur energy. One thousand percent, and I mean he backs it up. He's done a lot of great things. He's mm-hmm. he's you know the great architect and Smith um, of yeah. the Elven people in Middle Earth. So he <laughs> and he's like well known, and even as he's introduced um, to Elrond he mm-hmm. has this air of like, I know you're very impressed to meet me. Um, yeah. I get it. Well, cause he's kind of
1: lurking and Gil. He is. Gil- he's Gallin waiting for his intro
0: like, in the corner.
1: Yeah, Gil Gallant is like, how would you like to work with Caleb Redborn? He And Elrond's like, oh, the great Elvin Smith. And he comes in like, I am pretty great.
0: Yeah. So. And it's like, you can't tell me you weren't just waiting. <laughs> <laughs> just off, you know, waiting around the corner um, for your intro to happen. You can't. <laughs> You can't act like that. That didn't play into this. Please welcome to the stage, Caleb (laughs) Redboar. Very much. (laughs) Yeah, him him and his uh, velvet caftans. Oh, Um, so
1: good. Yeah. I know we mentioned this on the last episode, but I don't feel like I... We went into depth with it with the Harfoots, but I really want to talk about the costuming and wardrobe for the other um, characters in this show, because the elves especially in linden they're all basically wearing pajamas i mean they're just oh, all like flowy robes comfy cozy comfy, sparkling velvets i mean just soft yet soft beautiful yeah it, it, which is a nice counterpoint to galadriel's very like joan of arc armor that she wears um yes. she's <laughs> Her little crab shell that she's very much encased in.
0: Oh God, yeah, that thing is so huge. Um, an <laughs> yeah. extreme, extremely Joan of Arc. Um, very mm-hmm. much a reference to that. And it's it is interesting too because you have again second age of man, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and so it's a it's a different era of clothing. And I am glad that they um, made it different than what yeah. what we saw in um, Fellowship and in, in the trilogy. Because right. uh, these are different elves and it's a different, not necessarily all different elves, but it's a different time. There are a lot more elves in armor that we see. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's it's a little bit more medieval in, yeah. in the the feel of it all. Yeah. Very loose fitting, very. But also very not functional like long trains Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. they're not doing anything they're not they're not prepared to like you know uh move a whole lot
1: there's a scene in the first episode where you see galadriel talking with Elrond, and she's wearing this like just this simple gold gown yes but she has this elaborate like dark midnight blue velvet sort Gorgeous. of caftan over it yes. and that is just has like the longest train And it you get like a a shot from above and you just see like the all fall leaves. the leaves yeah <laughs> just all over her train is like no big deal
0: yeah and even mm-hmm. the leaves are cozy like <laughs> nothing, yeah nothing is dirty in in no uh, in elvish uh towns and cities
1: yeah no nothing um Celebrimbor, he's, like I said, got a, big of a bit of an ego. Yes, um, he does. He's going to take Elrond sort of under his wing to learn from him and, and help him out in some tight spots. But he wants this forge built.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: This whole huge forge. He wants to harness basically the power of the sun. He's talking about building a nuke. in um, he, I, I just need it done by spring. It has to be done yeah. by spring. And he makes his face like, ooh, sorry. Like, the worst boss.
0: Yeah, would you mind? Um, I know that, you know, the timeline's a bit tight. <laughs> but uh, we really need this done by spring. Mm-hmm. Can you just get it done by spring? And I and no, we're not paying overtime.
1: <laughs> right.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> this, that is very much the energy that Celebrimbor brings to the table. Yes. Yes. A character that actually kind of grows on me as the series goes on, but like I never truly trust him. Yeah, I. He I always like him. seems to have a hidden agenda. Yeah, I like him,
0: but he 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 plays as extremely politically minded. Where and I think that's probably someone that uh, Elrond learns from and how to operate. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Because you can tell that. Kalibrimbor uh, is thinking about all of the angles and and how he appears, you know. Yeah. And how he's um, received and thought about, uh, mm-hmm. and that's important to him. Yeah, um, and he hugely important, yeah. I'd say. Yeah, and he's like, you you know, I need to be the name. I need to be the face of whatever mm-hmm. we're doing. Um, but is he going to put in the hard work? He's going to build that forge. No, he's not. <laughs> he's going to. Sup- he's supervising. He's got other things to do. He, he, yeah, he's he's helping. That's why he asked Elrond to do it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, this is a bitch yeah. that knows how to delegate.
0: Yeah, but yeah, and it's it's great because you know Elrond being young and you know being mm-hmm. e- excitable and um, just uh, eager to help, very eager to to help and to and he's got a bit of a he-
1: hero worship thing going on here.
0: Yeah, yeah, because this is someone who he studied. He studied the work that this guy has done and is impressed by it. Um, and uh, and I do love that, you know, he brings in ideas. And he's like, well, you know, if we work with these dwarves.
1: <laughs> yeah, like I know who could get this done. It's like and you want to I mean, know who need. knows
0: how to do forges and, and junk? It's dwarves. And like
1: build things? The dwarves, yeah. Like,
0: yeah. I mean, elves... You know, there are decent smiths among elves, but dwarves, mm-hmm. they are of the earth.
1: Yeah. Forged a fire and rock.
0: Elrond so happens to have an inn. Yes. <laughs> so he thinks. Uh, so he feels.
1: Yeah. He's like, oh, no problem. I'm going to introduce you to my buddy.
0: Yeah, my, uh, my buddy from way back.
1: Durin. We were really good friends. He loves me. He's going to welcome us with yeah, and I'm, ram's horns. I'm and... overdue a
0: visit anyway. He's going <laughs> to yeah. he's gonna be so happy to see me. Oh, my
1: gosh. <laughs> this is the first instance of Elrond sort of realizing that, oh, yeah, elves live, like, a really long time.
0: And, like, time works differently for their beings. Other races don't. Yeah. And other races yeah. have... Feelings about time that uh, yeah. elves just tend to not think about because it doesn't, mm-hmm. doesn't mean the same to them. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they have an importance on it too, even though, from my understanding, dwarves do live quite a long time. Um, it's, yeah. It's not, still not the same as elves. mm
1: No. But should we get into the dwarves a bit?
0: Absolutely. I love the dwarves. Yeah.
1: So this, I have to say, is one of my absolute favorite things that this show has done. Mm-hmm. I have always been fascinated with the dwarves, like, in their heyday. Yes. Like, I've always wanted to see what the dwarf kingdoms looked like yeah, before they fell into ruin. And we get to see that here with Khazad-dûm, which, yeah. you know, later will be, like, the Mines of Moria and all of that. We yeah. know how that goes. But the dwarf kingdom, just seeing it as this vital living, breathing Working. community. Yeah. Incredible.
0: It is. This is... Like top tier fan service. This is mm-hmm. this is like what the fan service um, you know people generally want. I can't speak for all the people, but uh, yeah. you know this this is something that you know uh, you're very much not alone in, in being curious about um, the dwarven people in their heyday because in mm-hmm. the Lord of the Rings the trilogy we we don't get to see that. This is like you know mm-hmm. the, kind of post their fall and they're just trying to survive. Um, yeah. And they have all this this um, huge history that you get peaks of. Um, you see the ruins mm-hmm. of, and your mind wanders and, and thinks, "What what was this like at the height of their power?" Uh, and yeah. it's beautiful. It is it's, um, breathtaking.
1: It was really unexpected for me because I did not expect it to be as. I don't want to say ornate because there's mm-hmm. nothing in the Dwarf Kingdom that is overly ornate or ornamental. Everything seems very purposeful.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but it's still like there is and there's just this beauty to it that I was of, not
0: expecting to see. There's a sense of grandeur to it, too. Um, mm-hmm. the, the scale of what they've done to carve out um, the city. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's amazing.
1: Yeah, so we're introduced to Durin the Fourth, who mm-hmm. is the prince of Kazadum. He his mother's yeah. Durin the Third. And Durin is this is a very um probably the most famous and the most legendary line of dwarves mm-hmm. in all of their history is the line of Durin. It's basically like the dwarf version of like King Arthur. Okay. You know, you want it's it's a huge honor to be from the line of durin.
0: They and they do seem extremely proud. They I mean dwarves yeah. in general are very proud people. Um and the, and durin and his father I mean they are they exemplify that to the yes. max.
1: <laughs> but durin durin this the fourth I'm just going to call him durin for yes for those that when we talk about his father I'll just say the king. Yeah. King durin uh just to make things easier, but durin is very he is very proud. he is very uh, but he's like has like the passion of youth
0: still. He does and I think I mean it' it's not explicitly said anywhere or anything. Mm-mm. but I, I also get the feeling that he is um, that he, he is more well traveled and maybe familiar with the outside world mm-hmm. um, than you know his father maybe or other dwarfs I in honest- general.
1: I honestly think his friendship with Elrond is a testament to that.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that he, um, more than his father especially, um, but mm-hmm. he sees the bigger picture. Yeah. You know the interconnectedness um, between the different races.
1: He he's a little more globalist, not yes. quite so much nationalist.
0: Yeah. <laughs> he's he's not so, quite New World Order. Um, But he 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 sees he sees the the connectedness um, that, you know, they're they're all living in the same space um, and Mm -hmm. that there there can be greater cause and and not only in acting in the the self-interest of his people. And, yeah. and sometimes the self-interest of his people um, is also the self-interest of others. So, <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, he, he sometimes seems,
1: their goals align.
0: He seems very open to to the world, uh, even though he's gruff about it, mm-hmm. um, and even though maybe his exterior is a, a little bit, you know, dwarvish and you know brutish. Mm-hmm. Um, he obviously loves extremely hard um, mm-hmm. and um, is ultimately a kind person who is caring
1: yeah this is one thing like of course I'm not saying I didn't expect a dwarf to be kind and caring because that's a horrible thing to
0: assume (laughs) right
1: but the level of like emotion and passion that he carries with him at all times was truly a surprise to me because he sort of wears it on his sleeve in a way that the other doors really kind of don't yeah yeah.
0: Um, yeah I do think dwarves tend to be a little bit... Because, I mean, they are portrayed as the, the short British <laughs> version <laughs> of man in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and with those tendencies um, to kind of... The anger is their first emotion that, that they mm-hmm. tap into. But the, what makes Turin interesting as a character is that, um, like you said, his emotions are on his sleeve. And so mm-hmm. maybe it he, he's speaking um, and the tone is in anger. Um, but that deep well of emotion, either hurt or you know whatever it is, it, mm. it's actually right there. It's almost like a dual tone of like, yeah. Um, he is he's very deeply feeling, um, yeah, and doesn't necessarily know how to deal with his very deep feelings. <laughs> um, yes, but it's t- very
1: it's very Spock. I think it's very yes. Vulcan. Yeah, like they feel incre- you know feels incredibly deeply, but is not the best at expressing it in a way that no and his others can understand
0: his expression interestingly enough is a, almost the same as um erin where mm-hmm. he's not going to out and out say you i mean he did it in a way that you really hurt me <laughs> or mm-hmm. that i really care for you Um, Mm -hmm. No, he's going to plant this seedling that you gave to him 20 years ago, Mm -hmm. and he's going to tend to it um, and make sure it grows. It's going to be his pride and joy. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And he's going to love it like one of his children. Um, That's that, you know, he is a a man of action for sure. Like, yeah. And once,
1: once you're in, once he, once you have, I feel like his love, like, that's it. You're set for life. Like, oh yeah. He he loves you for life. Friend forever.
0: (laughs) Um, yeah. Even if he's mad at you, um, another yeah. one like Poppy. Even if he's angry, right. he still loves you. Um, yeah. And I, I think this is where it really set off for me when um, when they went um, to the doorway <laughs> of the Cossack we summarily rejected um, an audience <laughs> with the prince. Celebrant
1: Boris Stady, they're like, hmm, Ramsor. Oh, your
0: friend? Okay. <laughs> and to the the minute that I was like, oh, my God. I can like the, the horniness is like coming to a boiling point already. Is yes. Elrond gives it a thing for a moment. Cause he's like, okay, why, why would my friend reject me? Like th- there are mm-hmm. reasons. And then he walks up to the door and gently caresses the door.
1: Which by the way, the door is shaped like a dick. I'm it sorry.
0: It is. It is. It's true. Yeah. He gently caresses the door and says, okay friend <laughs> like just like I I will play your game if this if I have to play with your game to speak with you mm-hmm. I will play it if that's what you want like
1: I feel like I should be pretty much upfront at this point that mm-hmm. I have very strong feelings about the fact that I believe within my heart and soul that Durin and Elrond were are were more than friends mm-hmm i mean there is there is an amount of love yes and trust and intimacy there that you just don't see with like just buddies yeah you know?
0: we, we talked about in the first episode how you know the way that um tolkien and even like you know tolkien fan fiction in a way mm-hmm. um which again this is <laughs> yes the, the the chaste romance of it all mm-hmm. leaves it so that uh you can ship interpret you can interpret things yeah. however you want the horniness is there if you want it right and this is yeah one of those great examples because i remember um, after watching this the first time and discussing it with you you said something offhand and i realized like oh wait a minute your husband doesn't believe that they were lovers yeah <laughs> And it was shocking He's like, to me.
1: I don't see it, and I'm like, you are extremely hetero. But then,
0: but then, you know, reading um, other people's reviews and the way that they they watch this, they, you know, mm-hmm. people are just like, no, they're just real good friends who like are like brothers I to mean, each other. Were we watching this? I know. Show <laughs> and and I will say to give everybody background in in the horny way that you know, Bo and my my mind works. <laughs> um, we are both gigantic fans. Of the Song of Achilles, um, yes, an amazing, amazing book um, by Madeline Miller. Yeah, Please Madeline read M- it. One of the best, one of the best modern like Greek like writers about Greek mythology there is.
1: I mean, fan fiction, yeah. Again,
0: fan fiction, but it, it could be argued that most Greek mythology is fan fiction, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and, and so and so it's a, an interpretation of the story of Achilles and Patroclus. And it's based in, you know, there, there's a lot of uh, meat there to the bone uh, yeah. because before, <laughs> if you think about it, um, you know, before um, we got the, the version that, that was cleaned up for us um, mm-hmm. in grade school and in middle school and high school, um, yeah. that, that is a, uh, a white Christian male version interpretation of uh, Greek mythology, right? And when you look closer to um, like older texts, um, that didn't have those morality <laughs> concerns I mean, and viewpoints. You see that you know the, the Greeks. Greeks like to fuck.
1: Greek dudes. Yeah.
0: like to fuck each other. I, it was I'm known. just
1: saying. I'm just saying. Like you don't go out, kill an entire army, and fight a fucking river, yeah. because your buddy got no.
0: killed. No, 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 no. You don't get that. Mad. That's what
1: you. That's what happens when you lose the love of your life.
0: Yeah. Like you are so blinded with pain um, from mm-hmm. being like, you know, having a, your other half ripped from you. And so we we both lo- really love this story that is a very, mm-hmm. um, at the heart, sweet love story about two people who were, you know, soulmates. Um yeah. And who um, brought each other comfort in a confusing um, world that, you know, demanded so much from the both of them. So, uh, you know, That's a
1: beautiful way of putting it. it,
0: Absolutely. It it is, it is a, um, a lovely tale. And as soon as I saw, (laughs) you know, (laughs) I, I am like imprinting this, this, this (laughs) story that I love basically of these two guys who fought together. But there's each totally other.
1: groundwork for it, though. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not like we're just pulling this out of thin no. air. I think I feel like some of this was acted like
0: there is some a lot of, of the winking. direction was
1: like, yeah, make it make it vague. There was there was, I think
0: there's a lot of winking to the audience of like, it you know it's here if you want it. It's here. Yeah, because there are a lot of emotion fueled staring <laughs> between the two. Yes, and also glances you know questioning glances at at
1: certain phrases and words that you know durin will like look at elrond and then look at his wife who yeah by the way we should mention princess disa who Uh, fucking rules
0: another non-canonical but absolutely love her queen um, addition she is and again, people who concern themselves over um, wokeness mm-hmm. and and you know Can it, fuck right off inclusivity. She is amazing. Yeah, I I will take her over you know uh, anybody else. Mm-hmm. And I do think there's payoff there. I, I think mm-hmm. that um, uh, especially and I I'm blanking on her name. Um, Duran's wife. Oh, Disa. Disa. That's it. Um, Disa is. From out the gate, you know, as mm-hmm. soon as you're introduced to her, she is a oh force. My God. She's an absolute force in her home um, yeah. with her children, with her husband. yeah. You know you know exactly the type of dwarf <laughs> wife she is. Um,
1: they have this very loving and understanding relationship. Yes. Like, you can see it. Like, she has the measure of her husband.
0: She knows how to handle him and the way that you know he she knows that he does mm-hmm. you know has a hard time with feelings and yeah um is gruff on the outside and she
1: knows how much he cares about elron oh like, yeah that's obvious from the beginning and then like later when they're talking about the sapling the tree yes. that that elron gave him and how you know he, he practically raised it as our third child you know she's sort yeah. of giving him this look like stopping a dick yeah as nice like to your a, boyfriend yeah.
0: Yeah, because she invites, she invites Elrond in for dinner, even though Durin does not want that, because he's actively right. telling him, you cannot stay. Um, and Diesel's immediately like, you need to stay for dinner, please. Yeah. Meet the children. Yeah. And, and Durin is still in his feels over everything, um, because they have this conversation on this OSHA-violating uh, elevator. <laughs> 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 no handrails no,
1: i have like, to say in I yeah. doom there are no handrails yeah, no very comfortable with not having handrails and yeah. i am not <laughs> as
0: beautiful as it is and breathtaking as it is it also gives me a ton of anxiety because mm-hmm. none of their walkways none of their elevators nothing has any sort of safety element to it and yeah. it just makes me nervous um but yeah. they're on this elevator and uh, before going to Duran's home, and he, Doran, he does tell him exactly why he's mad at him, which is yeah. great. Cause like, you
1: ignore me for 20 fucking years. I, like, I've I have a whole a lifetime.
0: Life. Yeah. I yeah. have a wife, kids. I've got
1: married, I had kids. And you Like, you haven't all been there it. for any of that because you're just oh i'm mr elf who lives forever hanging and it's not out with even my other elves
0: my my read on it too and it's not even that you know physically he wasn't there like he didn't get a letter he didn't get like that Mm-mm. to me that's what that read as he just like mm-hmm. elrond just dropped him for 20 years like um,
1: you do the bare fucking minimum of yeah friendship here yeah elrond, and also please.
0: also no one gets that upset for you know just someone they kind just a, of know or just a yeah. kind of friend or like
1: so i i had to pull up our chat from <laughs> from last <laughs> night when we were watching this episode yeah. because i i wanted to pinpoint the moment and it's the moment when Deza is talking about the way that durin courted her mm. and yes. how like he took his time or something and and Elrond makes some comment like, yes, I, I'm familiar with how he likes to make people wait or something to that effect. Yes. And there's just this look that Duran like looks at Elrond and looks at his wife and you're like, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. You get the feeling that she would be very open to a thruple.
0: Yeah, I, I get uh, when we originally were, you know, um, thirst uh, talking <laughs> about the series <laughs> um, when I first watched through it. And, again, this is just completely in our, in our own fantasy land, in, our, in yeah. our, you know.
1: In our head space. Yeah,
0: in our fantasy ship. It I read um, Durin and Disa as, like, uh, you know, the ultimate um, bi-energy couple. Like, oh, absolutely. Like, they both are, and they're both down. I do think that the way that the relationship reads between Disa and Durin, he tells her everything. I, yeah, I don't think that she's the type of person who would be in a relationship with someone.
1: Oh, I I'm a hundred percent sure yeah. that she knows that everything. there's yeah. history there. Yeah, yeah.
0: I, and and Duran would not be able to, to hold information like no. that away from his wife. So you know, I, I in my head, I'm like, she knows everything that this man's been through, and he doesn't. Mm-hmm. He doesn't keep secrets from her. That that's not this kind of marriage. Um, mm-hmm. She can, and if she senses it, even she if she ever gets a whiff, you know, she's on it. Um, mm-hmm. And so in my head, I think in both of our heads, we're thinking (laughs) they they communicate everything to each other. She knows Mm -hmm. that there's something between uh, Elrond Mm -hmm. and uh, Endurin. And she actually kind of likes it. Yeah. (laughs) She's She's kind of into it.
1: I feel like she's one of those wives that, like, obviously there are things that i can't give him that others can and that's cool as long as he's you know my prince
0: she's secure in her place in his life and their relationship 1000 percent, she's secure Um, and i
1: also want to say disa has she's also very driven and also very politically minded so don't like discount her motivations for anything in this um I don't agree, like, with some of the interpretations of her in later episodes. Yeah. That some, some critics had some things to say. But um, I think she's a very interesting character. And that n- she sees that what what is the harm? It can only do good yeah. to make up with Elrond. It can only be good for us and for them.
0: And also that it's she sees how important the relationship is mm-hmm. to Durin. Mm-hmm. And which is why she points out the tree because he's yeah. being an asshole through this dinner, and mm-hmm. you know trying to act like he wants Elrond to leave to the point where Elrond's like, "I should probably go," and yeah. and Disa's like, "No, wait a minute, let me remind you of how you've thought about this guy every single day." <laughs> for 20 years. the past 20 years since I've known you 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 yeah. have spent every day thinking about this guy you know how I know that tree right there <laughs>
1: yeah it is physical proof of yeah. your love for this person and yeah, so I'm not trying to deny. romantic love yeah. but i mean love comes in many forms and obviously yes. there is love between Durin and Elrond. Yeah, and that she is undeniable. Like the, you know, yeah.
0: our interpretation of what that love is is one thing. But the, mm-hmm. the love itself is undeniable, I think. Because right. It's
1: it's there. It's up front. And it's, it's
0: also, it's, it's explicit. Like, you know, yeah. not in a sexy way. But they make it explicit that they care for each mm-hmm. other along-ish the same lines as almost brothers, whatever that means. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I do want to talk a bit, too, about... um Again, I want to talk a bit about the production here. The yes. costuming of the dwarves. Um, they have these, like, the dwarf armor is so amazing. Mm-hmm. They have these helmets that have beards.
0: I love it. That was, like, my favorite thing.
1: That was, I saw that. I was like, oh, my God. I had to stop the stop the show for a minute. Yes. I was like, this is too good. Um, everything in the dwarf kingdom has this very, like, art deco sort of yes. dripping in gold but also like very clean lines
0: yeah and it's very look to geometrical, it geometrical which makes sense if you know yeah um you and I,
1: as i said last night like it's a nice counterpoint to the elves and they're sort of flowing natural you know it's a it's also natural for the dwarves, but it's a different part of nature like the dwarves are very much under the ground they're in the rock they're this is like part of who they are And that's nature, whereas you know the elves, trees and airy and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, everything's more
0: elongated and airy and Mm -hmm. uh, ethereal. And dwarves are of the earth, and like they're you know they're compressed. (laughs) They're you know their rock is compressed. They're you know Mm -hmm. it it all kind of um, its context and it feeds into um, the, the form of their lives. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And it's beautiful. Like it is. it is. I love how they treated it. Um, yeah. And in, in showed the beauty in. um, And showed it as. To me. It ran as equal beauty. Um, yeah. To what the elves have.
1: Absolutely. And I'm so glad that they did that. Because it was. It would have been too easy. To just make it like dark and dank. And you know. And dirty. We're, we're, yeah. we're dwarves. But no. It's beautiful. It's clean. There's. I mean the fact that she says like they all said he wouldn't get that tree to grow so far underground but he basically built like a series of like shafts that would bring to get like, light sunlight down to this to where the tree is planted and it's absolutely stunning and would you do see. that
0: over a sapling a coworker gave to you you wouldn't no no wouldn't. if
1: it was just some dude no yeah. absolutely not that's a lot of effort some guy you used just, to hang out
0: with Mm-mm.
1: for just a buddy yeah
0: <laughs> no you cannot tell me <laughs> no oh I have, but. I have. I did tell Bo I, I have in my my headcanon again this comes a little bit from Song of Achilles <laughs> but in my yes. headcanon because um, it's it's hinted that um, Durin and Elrond have known each other for about 50 years because um, yeah. he mentions half a century at some point And Mm -hmm. so Elrond's, you know, ghosted him for about 20 of those years. So there's a good 30 years that they Mm. became and were friends and got, you know, close. And one, I need that story. Um, And two, um, in my canon, um, that story in part is that, you know, they probably did battle together. Mm. And they probably, you know... Shared a tent, you know. Yeah, like yeah. In 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 the um, that is
1: exactly the way I thought of it. Exactly,
0: because you got to conserve. You know, Mm -hmm. I I don't know how long they were in a war for. Maybe ten years. (laughs) Who knows? Yeah, could have been. Um, but yeah, that in my head it's like okay, they were they lived in close quarters together and depended Mm -hmm. a lot on each other at some point in time. Mm -hmm. Um, and to me, um, that's a war in a tent.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've seen Band of Brothers that forges the bond. Yeah. Yeah, romantic or not.
0: Yeah, it's, um, you know, it's intimate whether or not it is sexual. Mm-hmm. Though and I that's, do think that's it's what
1: sexual. I love about this, about this, these two characters is that they have. And you'll see it later in later episodes, and I don't want to get too far ahead, but there's a level of intimacy between these two.
0: That's undeniable. That don't
1: really, that don't really exist for a lot of the other characters. Not even, not even characters,
0: not even like between characters of the same race, Mm -hmm. honestly. There is an intimacy that they share that is beyond, um, most.
1: Yeah, exactly. But, um. The dwarves, the dwarf kingdom, that whole storyline, A plus, 10 stars. So good. I, I can't say enough how much I love seeing the dwarves, like, at the height of their powers.
0: Yeah, I could just watch dwarf shit all the time, honestly.
1: Absolutely. I mean, fantastic. The ingenuity, the sets, the costuming, the characters, the... Disa tells the story about how they were courting, and I don't want to spend too much time on this because yes. we we have so many other things to talk about. But she is a resonator, yes. and Elron asks, like, "Oh, what's a resonator?" And it's she sings to the mountain, and I mean, it is like how they determine like where to drill and where not to drill and things like that, like where oh. to carve into the into the rock. Like the rock tells her, and I love. And they, that Elrond is like that's beautiful. Yeah,
0: and I and I love that bit of like dwarven lore or belief or whatever Mm -hmm. it is that the mountain is a living thing. And they treat it and respect it as a living thing.
1: Yeah, exactly. So uh moving on. Yes. Even (laughs) though we can talk about them all day. I could spend a whole episode just on Durin and Elrond, but I'm gonna move on. Um let's let's talk about Nori for a minute. Yes. Yeah, so Nori is uh, still helping the stranger. He's a little more recovered now. Um, he just spends the whole time. Like, she she made him this little shelter, and he's just wearing, like, the cloth she <laughs> yes. used to, to hide him. Because he didn't have any clothes. But he spends this whole
0: but honestly, just
1: walking around in this crocheted, like, robe.
0: He's looking cozy, too. I mean, it's dirty, but he's looking real cozy. I'm like, can I get a shawl like that? Can mm-hmm. I get it? And he's basically in a a snuggie, um, mm-hmm. but it, he's making it work. He is very handsome. That helps. It does help. It does help, um, especially since he doesn't really say much for a long time.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they're trying to communicate, and it's so funny to me, like, seeing him struggling to understand yes. this small, strange creature <laughs> who's found him. And, like, her trying to understand this giant weirdo that fell out of the sky. <laughs> like, But that by the end of the series, you know, they're just communicating. But it, it's so much about the way that they're trying to communicate and how she's, like the whole thing that she's projecting to him is like goodness and kindness and acceptance. Yes. And like, she has this feeling and she tells Poppy, like, I just knew when he fell that I was supposed to be the one that was going to find him. Like I knew I was yeah. going to be the one to take care of him.
0: It's another fate thing. Uh, like it's it, and it's it's so lovely to see um, because mm-hmm. she's fighting against um like in her background she's fighting against uh everything she was raised her entire culture yeah. and upbringing yes 1000 percent. she's like actively verbally fighting you know her own people against it um but also mm. her internal um you can see it all the time it happens a lot where you know she's assessing the danger and yeah um she's terrified she's because he could end her in a second oh um, yeah and she's absolutely terrified because she can't communicate with him but mm-hmm. she believes in her heart of hearts that this is um you know a, a good being this is uh, yeah. and worthy of care and love and help mm-hmm. um and can't ignore that you know voice in her head that's saying help this guy
1: yeah she gives them some snails.
0: It's yes. real gross. It's so gross. <laughs> I, I could really,
1: I could really live without watching there's, the snails being There's it, so much eating.
0: snail eating that happens in this show. <laughs> and it is the, to me, other than the um, the the cow goo, um, yeah. the snail eating is the the grossest aspect to me. I,
1: I have to agree. I have to agree. I'm I'm trying to think ahead if there's anything I find as gross as the snail eating, and I think the snail eating is for me. Like right up there, right at the top,
0: yeah. As always, um, the um, Harfoots, um, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, proto hobbits, um, yes, provide levity to the story in general. When it
1: when things get very heavy, yes, yes,
0: to the show, they they kind of bring us back to like okay, because again,
1: take a breath, simple people,
0: (laughs) simple wants, um, and who always what they mostly want is to turn the party and have a good time that's
1: it yeah that's like that they're getting ready and actually yes they're getting ready for their harvest festival
0: yes trying to put up a little um tent
1: yeah before they move on for the winter so i mean this is like their big tradition it's like their christmas they you know have a have a big party they read off the names of those left behind which is very we'll get into sad. that in the next episode. Yep. <laughs> I'm not going to get into it now. But um, yeah, I mean, they're they're getting ready to move on. And so Nori also, I, I appreciate that it adds this ticking clock. Because yes. she's put in a position like, what am I going to do with this giant stranger?
0: <laughs> exactly. Especially because, you know. I'm sure in the beginning she's like, okay, I'll just help this guy get on his feet and he'll be on his mm-hmm. way. But it becomes very clear to her very quickly that this guy is in need of a lot of help. Um, yeah. Because he is completely disoriented. Um, <laughs> he obviously doesn't know what the hell's happening. <laughs> right. Um, he can't communicate, he barely knows how to eat. Um, and so she's realizing just the, doesn't know
1: where he is or yeah. who he is.
0: Yeah. She's w- realizing the weight of the responsibility she's put on herself with this guy, mm-hmm. especially yeah. because they need to start moving.
1: Yeah. And what's going to happen to him when that happens? You know, she could be outcast from her people for this.
0: Yeah. Easily. She knows that. She's like, and she's like, yeah, kind of sunk cost. Well, I've already done it, you know, Yeah, I'm just going <laughs> to keep, keep doing it. Cause I've already done and it. And that's,
1: that's sort of her justification to poppy is you know i i can't abandon him i just don't know why but i just can't he's my giant baby and i have to take care of him
0: he is baby he is baby and he needs help and yeah Yeah. so what he's you know giant half naked thing yeah um (laughs) and he he yells and he doesn't know what's happening
1: right he yells and he gets big and yeah he um manages to communicate what he's looking for which is a certain constellation um he manages to communicate this by speaking to fireflies and do we want to get into like theories at this point because the moment he started whispering to the fireflies I was like "Mm, did you know Gandalf
0: yeah Uh, yeah yeah, I
1: knew I knew I was like that's Gandalf (laughs) yeah uh my husband insisted it was not he's still not 100% convinced wow although uh, yeah <laughs> he's, uh he's because he's they are playing a little fast and loose yeah. with the with the timeline, but yeah. it, it I it is it's like ninety nine percent confirmed at this yeah, point. I that mean I Gandalf. feel
0: like it I you know, to me, you know, when you talk about the, the totality of the story, I think mm-hmm. it's a really great um uh kind of background story, um, to why Gandalf has such uh a love for the hobbits yeah um, I, I think it it I think it works if he's Gandalf mm-hmm. you know what I mean like I yeah. like it and I absolutely I hope that if they they want to do another switcheroo and say no no not really that they have some <laughs> other greater reason um, yeah but I mean I think he's, it's Gandalf it's he's G- Gandalf he's always he's Gandalf because he's Gandalf he he's you can tell because he took uh, a little proto hobbit away with him,
1: and that's what he does. Yeah, yeah. that's what he does. That's what Gandalf. <laughs> that's, that's, does. That's, I, I've seen a meme. It's a very good meme, mm-hmm. and it's like, uh, like something a barrel or something sprouting a leak, and it's like <laughs> all the problems of Middle Earth, and it's like someone spackling, and it's like Gandalf hobbits. <laughs> <laughs> He just patched that shit up with a hobbit.
0: <laughs> yeah, he, like anytime he he needs to go do something, he's gonna go grab a little hobbit or you know their yeah. predecessor, and he's gonna go do it because he knows. Yeah. <laughs> um. And yeah, I I think, I, I mean, I think it's Gandalf. I think the show wants you to think it's Gandalf. Yeah, um, And I like that storyline for him.
1: I mean, um, this show loves to pull a switcheroo, but does. I think in this case, we can pretty much safely assume that this is Gandalf, just based on yeah. some of the stuff towards the end of the series. And so, again,
0: when we think about it in terms of fan service, again, mm-hmm. what the show is mostly for. Um, Absolutely. That it, it is the most, um, it, it is the most pleasing that he would be Gandalf and that he would yeah. um, be friends with and and be in the debt, in a way, to mm-hmm. um, the predecessors of the Hobbits. Um, yeah. Because she rescued him. Um, she, he's a rescue, <laughs> Gandalf. <laughs> 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 Do you he's like him? He's a rescue. <laughs> yeah. He's a rescue. He's, he's a little bit scruffy still. He's He's learning. my rescue
1: giant. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't want to mince words here. Like, when you see the stranger slash Gandalf next to Nori,
0: like he yeah. is legitimately oh giant. God. Terrifying. I'm that terrified so for him. so big. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially when um, they, they show the handoff of like the, um, the snails from like her hand to yeah. his, and it's like another great way to show like, oh yeah. <laughs>
1: I'm tiny and soft and vulnerable and you're huge and fell out of the sky.
0: And you can barely control your body.
1: <laughs> right. And you have weird powers. <laughs> Uh, that I don't fully understand and I suspect you don't either yeah
0: but it's it's very um it, it's still very sweet even if it is a little scary uh, mm-hmm. and it, again another great kind of like built-in mystery in these first mm-hmm. couple episodes because it makes you want to know like who the heck yeah. is this stranger they
1: knew what they were doing they knew yeah. that we would be tuning in to find out who this was because yeah. keep in mind and I do want to say this um Sauron is a shapeshifter Mm -hmm. he he's not he he's had like many forms over the course of his long life and some Um, of them
0: are very hot and some of them some of them probably not
1: (laughs) yeah exactly um (laughs) <laughs> as we mentioned in the last episode one of those forms was a vampire <laughs> want to know more about that
0: <laughs> yeah want to know more that, about that watch francis Ford coppola's dracula oh um.
1: my <laughs> god <laughs> uh greatest movie ever uh yeah, yeah so on that note yes. i think it's time to move on check in with our girl gaddy oh,
0: i lost galadriel yep
1: Lost at sea, yeah. swimming her ass, back to Middle Earth.
0: She's probably wondering um, what the heck she got herself into um, yeah. out in the middle of the ocean in her little ceremonial um, garb that's just a piece of cloth. It's
1: a—it's really. a, a, it's basically chemise. Yep, basically. Yeah. That it's
0: like, you know, semi-transparent. Um, mm-hmm. Again, chase horny. That's what we're going after. That's what yeah. we're achieving. Um, it's not going to show you everything, but it's going to show you enough. yeah and uh yeah she's just floating around in in this great vast sea with like you know no hope really she has her dagger in her hand right
1: (laughs) swimming with her dagger yeah she has you know she's never gonna let go of finrun's dagger Mm -mm. so that she's got that but she knows there's something up in this water and of course it's the sundering sea there's definitely monsters in it and we get, like, our first sort of glimpse of that. We She comes across a raft. Yep. Uh, there's been a shipwreck, and the people on the raft sort of assume that she was also shipwrecked.
0: Yeah, I guess, um, I, I wonder what, I'm guessing it must have been shipping a bunch of people who probably didn't know each other, and must have been mm-hmm. a large ship. Um, yeah. Because they do assume that she was just on the same ship that they were.
1: Yeah. Um she's careful, you know, to kind of cover her ears, but they have to have like a little discussion as to whether or not she can come on board. And but we get our you? first yeah. yeah, we get our first glimpse of Halbrand, mm-hmm. who is going to be one of our main characters this season. Yeah. Um and is my sweet babu Yeah. <laughs> I just he... I'm sorry, he's fucking hot.
0: He as as soon as I watched this, I think it's like one of the first things I like said to you um, after like really getting into the depths of this is mm-hmm. that you know th- he is and they are a new uh, romance uh, archetype. Yeah, um, like th- there are going to be a lot of stories based on.
1: F- oh, um, absolutely! A, a lot and of I...
0: fanfic and a lot of new fiction. Based on yeah. this archetype of two people, um, both the same and diametrically opposed at the same time. Ex-
1: nailed it. Yeah. You nailed it. It's very much, um, I, I think I said in my recap, when, I, which I wrote for the spool, was um, I could hear the clicking <laughs> of uh, a million keyboards yes. as people took to AO3. I remember that. With Sounds this because good. the chemistry between these two. Fire straight fire and i
0: because yeah. she has really... she's extremely good and like we said in the last episode she has great chemistry she's just able to do that
1: oh um, yeah i mean there's the character we meet in the next episode that i'm like oh she kind of has fire chemistry with this person too
0: but yeah one of my first thoughts that i sent to you on this whole thing was i'm really enjoying the uh new adventures of old galadriel <laughs> 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 'Cause that's that's what this like reads like to it me. Really it's like is. <laughs> I wanna know all all the people that were in love with this this amazing competent warrior. Fierce, yeah
1: yeah, driven. I mean, but kind. She still has a great yeah. deal of kindness in something, her and
0: something I haven't like fully developed my thoughts on um uh, when it comes to like uh, Gladriel as a character, especially as she's mm-hmm. portrayed in Rings of Power, is yeah. that um, ultimately, uh, at least to me, what, it, what is attractive is like she, she is embodying and, and um, displaying all of the, what are to me, the most appealing things about masculinity which is, mm. uh, uh, like, I, I was thinking about it because it's, like, the physical competence, right? Yeah. And a surety of her body and movement um, and mm-hmm. ability. Like, that is traditionally, like, a more masculine kind of trait. And she is, even though um, she presents as a female elf and dresses um, as a female elf, like, her attire is very feminine in that way, that is yeah. the, like, her tire is the only thing that reads as feminine about her. Even mm-hmm. though her face and everything, like, she is, you know, a female elf. <laughs> so she's built <laughs> yeah. very, very much like that. Or um, as some
1: say in this series, a she elf, which oh, God, I'm like. I hate that even.
0: Like, I hate saying female. Like, yeah. And, and I hate she elf even more. Um, yeah. There's just no good way to say it, I feel. No. <laughs> um that doesn't sound patronizing in some way. But but yeah, like although the, the presentation is feminine in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. the the qualities to me read as masculine.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she has a certain sort of stoicism about her. Yeah, I think that comes a from a battle her, like, hardened yes. stoicism about her that is very much like reads as sort of a I hate to use this, like, analogy, but sort of like a very Spartan warrior yeah. kind of yeah. energy that she has going on.
0: Yeah, she's going to um, speak softly and carry a big and Carry dagger. a big stick, yeah, yeah. for sure. <laughs> that's that's her way, because she's smart enough, and she knows she doesn't need to talk a lot. Um, yeah. Because she's not about talking. She's about action.
1: <laughs> yeah. And that's so, it actually sort of aligns, too, with the future version of galadriel mm-hmm. who is you know just chilling in Lothlorien, like not a woman of a lot of words or elf of a lot of words but definitely um sort of is there to spur on the action
0: yeah and not in her warrior era which i also think is Mm-mm. interesting because again these elves live a long time and there's a comment um i think it's later much later in the mm-hmm. show um, but that Arendir makes to Theo because Theo is, you know, bad at something. And Arendir's like, look, I've I've gotten to practice my bow and arrow for like 200 years. But <laughs> like yeah. there's a reason I'm good at it. It's I've been doing it a very long time. It's
1: not because I'm just naturally good at yeah. it. I've just been doing this for centuries.
0: Yeah. Like I, I worked yeah. at it, but also like, you know, I've had a lot of time with it. And eventually you get to, you know, I don't even have to like look at something, be looking at something to hit it. And that's Galadriel with Killing orcs. Man. Yeah, that is Galadriel good at it. <laughs> on a horse. That's Galadriel with a, a dagger. That's Galadriel yeah. just with anything. She doesn't need yeah. anything to kill uh, whatever. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's it's. This is her like warrior era in a way, mm-hmm. and she spent all of this time a thousand plus years, maybe maybe more, um, mm-hmm. honing um, this ability to fight and fueled with this fire um, yeah. for justice um and peace as well <laughs> um yeah because she will she will not know peace until her work is done and yeah. um and yeah but it's there's just more than one to way
1: to to find to get it yeah so yeah. i think in in time she learns there's other ways that she can but you we even see a little bit of that sort of they, they call it dark galadriel but i don't really like that i don't it's like that term either in um the hobbit yeah. series like when she wards off the necromancer yeah which, by the way... Never mind. I'm not going to get into it yet. Um, should we get we, into we it? We do or? need to... I,
0: we, we need to watch The Hobbit. Um, I no, to, I was going to say, like, should we just say who... We might as well. No one's going to be listening yeah, to this. Because it's like,
1: not a... Like, this is... Yeah, it's not going to be, like, a, also, a surprise to anyone. And <laughs> it's not
0: going to make sense why it's so fucking hot. Like, we, we need to talk about the issues present.
1: Yeah. So the issue at present is that Hellbrand is... Sauron
0: yeah she doesn't know yet Sauron
1: we she doesn't know that yet we don't know that yet supposedly I mean if you're on your third watch like I am you know that (laughs) Um, and
0: and this is again we talked about fate a lot um in Mm -hmm. the prior episode um and this is another thing where the the thing that the elf the elven leaders were trying to prevent by sending Mm -hmm. uh by sending Galadriel off to Valinor. They mm. actually caused
1: caused it, yeah. Because um, by
0: sending they her there, they put her right in his yep, path. <laughs> they, she got into that sea, and he was on that raft, ready to to help her out. Um, yeah, and so and so, yeah. They they meet; they're little meet cute on a raft in the middle of the I, sea. I'm gonna
1: <laughs> s- like I want to point out that the first glimpse we get of Halbrand is him looking over his shoulder. We only see his eye, mm-hmm. just the one
0: eye. He just nice needs touch. the one. He only needs yep. the one. Um. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's very good, uh, and it's it's a great introduction for the two characters. Oh, and so it's a, good! And I love uh, my favorite part of it, and what I hope that whenever anybody, whoever's making uh, fiction based on a, off of this archetype or trope, or whatever, but I hope mm-hmm. they get right, is that part of what makes their meeting um, work. And what makes their connection work in the first place, mm. is that they are both meeting each other um, outside of both of their zones. Like, yeah. they are neither of them. They're both in a, a spot. Um, they're
1: just both like meeting with, like, nothing, uh, no attachments. Yeah, no one, at, no one, one that else that who moment. knows them around. No, yeah. yeah.
0: They're they're like, just.
1: I'm not gonna say no baggage because clearly that's not the case. <laughs> but they're meeting at like ground zero, basically. Square one,
0: yeah. They're, I mean, they're basically you know Sandy and Danny meeting and you know on vacation <laughs> over the summer, right? <laughs> uh, and and um and so they're able to they have nothing to base each other off of, right? They have Mm-mm. no preconceptions of each other, no context, zero context, and they're also at the moment that they meet, they're fighting the elements. Like they have to, yeah. they're trying to survive. Uh, yeah. And so they're able to take each other's measure through action um, Mm -hmm. rather than, you know, contextual information um, or gossip that they hear or other Mm -hmm. people's interpretations and impressions of of them. Um, Now, let me ask you something. Yes. Do
1: you think that at this point he knows who she is and do you
0: think that he is there purposely? I would believe that Sauron would be that intentional. Yeah. I feel like he is capable of planning to that degree. I, yeah. I do. Because he's, yeah. he's a very capable uh, weirdo. Uh, yeah. And, <laughs> and he, he, I mean, he has a lot of foresight, you know? Um, yeah. So I could see, hey. I could see that. Um, though I'm not sure, like, I, I don't necessarily know what he would have, I guess he would have known that Galadriel was after him. Yeah. Um, he probably, I, you know what? I'll take some of that back, because he probably does recognize her name. He has to, at the minimum, recognize her name, Mm -hmm. Um, because she doesn't lie about who she is. Because she's
1: a very famous elf. She is. She's extremely famous. She's from, like, one of the great houses of elves. Yeah, Um, and she's
0: known, because she travels around. People know her her, Mm -hmm. um, deeds. I'm sure bards sing her tales, Mm -hmm. Um, and she's very openly out for Sauron at this time. So Mm -hmm. he would know that at least. I do. I agree with you. I think he, even if he didn't plan it, which there's a chance that he did. um,
1: I feel like there's an element of him trying to suss out his enemy and maybe find a weak spot. But then because I'm such a, because I'm so horny and because I'm such a romance (laughs) fanatic, I like to think that there, he sees something in her that, and always thinking of advantage for himself yes. but also something in her that maybe complete something in him yes
0: yeah yeah because i think
1: like i feel like there's an element of surprise like he's as surprised by the way he feels about her as she is
0: yes and i yeah and i think it's that um there's a recognition of like the sameness Like, in their character Mm -hmm. and, like, the sameness in the, like, the base of their wants. Um, I
1: mean, they say it out loud, like, mm -hmm. several times in this series. Like, we're the same. Yeah. We have the same aims. We have the same goals. We're the same. And, like, she she says that several times. Like, obviously not knowing who he is, (laughs) but...
0: And later regretting being like, Oh, your past doesn't matter And he's oh, like re- I've made a huge mistake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Remember when you <laughs> said my past didn't matter? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so But for now we'll just yeah. focus on this yes, meeting yes, yes.
1: because um she's sort of chilling in the in the water, waiting to see you know, he's like, Well, your fate's not decided yet, mm, gotta wait for these shitty humans to figure out if you're okay to, to get on yeah. board but she gets on board, and then, of course, like, the sea monster comes back. These horrible human beings, like, <laughs> push her off. hunt yeah, her back raft. off. Like, that's going to save them. But I love that in that moment when they're busy, like, blaming her and pushing her off the raft, yeah. he's busy separating his part of the raft from theirs.
0: And, like, watching her. Because he's, like, because yeah. he knows, like, oh, if, if Gladriel is swimming away from this thing, she knows something. Mm-hmm. She, knows, she yeah. knows what's up. And immediately, yeah. I mean, <laughs> the monster just, you know, chomp, chomp.
1: It fucking, yeah. it just eats them, <laughs> which I wasn't sad. You know, they were no, all kind of shitty. I mean, yeah,
0: they, <laughs> they set them up to, to be dead pretty quickly. And, yeah. and the thing is, too, I will say, like, they're acting, um, if they're in duress, right? It's crisis. Mm-hmm. And they're acting out of, like, pure, understandably human emotions because um, mm-hmm. these are not, I mean, these aren't high-born people, it doesn't seem like. No, these are just um, common people. And so, of course, they think that. They just brought her on board, and then they spot this monster again that attacked their ship. And so in mm. their heads, they're like, oh, well, she came, and then the, the thing came. So she's the reason that the thing came. Um, mm. And you got to leave now. And so they, yeah. they kick her off for those reasons, which I, I get the logic of in the moment. It's wrong, but um, I can see that, why they got, got to that collusion, especially yeah. in fear. But they had to go so that um, our Gaddy and our and – our, um, And our Sauron. And our Halbrand. Our Halbrand. I I, I
1: just think of him as Halbrand. Yeah, it's it's
0: better. It's easier to think of him as Halbrand. Our Halbrand for now. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, So that they can have some alone time, you know? Um, Yeah. He's like, hey, can I um, steal you for a minute? Um, (laughs) I got this little raft.
1: And this is uh, just to bring it back to, like, what you were talking about earlier with, like, how much... Greek mythology there is in this and how much it's inspired by this. This is a very Hades Persephone thing. Yeah. He is literally the Lord of Darkness and she is literally the lady of light.
0: Yeah. And he's shit
1: writes itself. It
0: does. And I mean he (laughs) obviously you could like he is first like stunned by her beauty, right? I mean, duh, who isn't? She has like amazing eyes and like how could you not get lost? staring into right. them and so and so yeah like that i he's taken aback you can see a little bit he's taken aback by like oh my gosh mm-hmm. this elf is cautious and she wants yeah. to kill me and that's hot for some <laughs> reason <laughs> right um, and uh and yeah like so he's taken back by that but he is like uh, like also very curious about her um mm-hmm. he doesn't shy away from being curious about um Who she is and what she's about. What
1: drives her. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
0: And why she's doing it. Because that's probably the thing he doesn't know is why she's doing it. Um, And she
1: does kind of get into it a little bit, you know. Yeah. He says he was run off from his homelands because of orcs. And
0: Mm
1: -hmm. a lot of this. Not
0: untrue.
1: (laughs) Not untrue. Like a lot of this, even though, like we said, it's not canon. But it can work within Mm -hmm. the canon. Like there are It doesn't break anything. That you can right. There are ways you can look at this that it totally makes sense within the lore,
0: and especially when so much of it is you know we're talking about canon, but like so much from the indices is like just hints of and just like kind mm-hmm. of off off page things that occurred that someone mm-hmm. you know talked about once. So fleshing that thing out, um, or even just creating a kind of a new thing that might have happened. Um, yeah isn't necessarily changing the story the story doesn't really exist on paper or anywhere no um, so again it's the thing for me I don't and just to bring it back a little bit we talked about this in mm-hmm. the first episode but just in general in the tradition of uh, storytelling and human beings right yeah um, every everything is you know, a retelling of fan yeah. fiction a reinterpretation oh absolutely. we have done this like even even the mythology that we read and know even if we get to the to the source as material that we have even mm-hmm. that is for out like that exists after hundreds of years of an oral tradition right yeah so it, actually
1: i have a good example of this if if you don't mind me interjecting go here for it Um, I don't know if anyone went to the movies this summer and saw The Northman, the Robert Eggers movie with Alexander Skarsgård. But going in, like when we left, (laughs) I think my friend that I'd gone with was like, oh, so it's just like Hamlet fanfic. And then I went home (laughs) and looked it up. And it's like, no, Hamlet is this fanfic. (laughs) It's fanfic of this thing. (laughs) So, I mean, it's just even the stories that we take as like, written canon you know yes. set in stone most of that is also fanfic
0: it is and it's like it, it's all it's all contextual and it, like the 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 only thing that matters to me right um is not like um being true to what the original story was necessarily even right. though i think the heart of it probably does need to remain the same Mm-hmm. Um, unless you're taking another look at it from a different angle, of course. This is um,
1: what I say about Austin adaptations all yes. the time. If, as long as you capture the spirit, yeah, of the original and the intent and of the original, and it's
0: compelling, hey, yeah, go for it.
1: Yeah, fuck you, Persuasion. <laughs> I, yeah,
0: say. yeah. Fuck that
1: movie. Okay, yeah, sorry. Persa- Persuasion 2021,
0: we will not talk about on this podcast. We will never
1: speak of it again. Um, because
0: um, that that's the um, worst case scenario for fan service. Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that would be like Galadriel being like, a, a, a wine ant, you know. I'm like, oh, I oh, wonder. Yeah. But you're wondering how I got in this situation. Like, oh yeah, be the worst.
0: I, oh yeah, <laughs> could you imagine? Like that—that oh. that would be heartbreaking. Um, yeah. But yeah, this is, you know, what even in in Tolkien's fiction, which is an original mm. work, he is yeah. hearkening back to um, tropes and yeah. archetypes. That have existed for you know thousands of years, yeah. Um, and and I think it's lovely the way that he does it, mm-hmm. um, and I think it's you know, it makes it more like the the stories are more powerful because of it, um, yeah. Because it, it all speaks to um, like innately human um, like issues, experiences, and experiences, yeah, yeah. and um, and I think that what the team that put together this show and, and, you know, adapted it and produced it and all that kind of stuff. Um, I, I, I really, you know, I think they did a wonderful job um, mm. of. Totally agree. Keeping the heart, you know, um, understanding the um, like understanding how people felt about the trilogy, the movies, because mm. that's a huge component to this. No, more so than even the books more so even mm-hmm. than the source material the trilogy is for the majority of people is is the important thing right yeah um, to capture the spirit of that that's the touchstone yeah and and so I think they did such a great job of utilizing you know the, the background story that exists for all of mm-hmm. this lore um, mm-hmm. with the indices and um, trying their best to connect it as much as yeah. possible, um, to um, things that happen in Lord of the Rings, like so many years later. Um, yeah. Even there's, no, it's not necessarily a direct connection, but there's always a connection there because uh, you want you want that audience, right? Who doesn't and want the, that audience?
1: Yeah. And the more this series goes on, the more you will see those callbacks. Um, there are some very like specific moments where you see like oh you know that makes sense in like the later movies in a way now like that puts it into a different context for me yeah yeah, yeah for sure and, um, oh sorry go ahead
0: oh no I was just gonna say I, I have not seen the Northman and now I want to <laughs>
1: oh it's I liked it a lot. If yeah. you like Robert Eggers' movies, like you know he I goes I generally
0: do. Sometimes Yeah, he
1: goes whole ham in like the production of it, you know, he built this whole village, whatever. Um but pretty good performances too. And Nicole Kidman has a monologue in this that is just fucking unhinged and it's so good. <laughs> I love it. It's so good. Nicole, when she, when they let her off the chain to just do
0: what she does. I love so an unhinged Nicole Kidman, honestly. Yes. That's the best version.
1: <laughs> but I do want to just mention one more thing before we move on, because we are running long. Oh, yes. um, There's a moment they're caught in a storm. It's the two of them. Um, yes, yes, yes. And Galadriel has been preparing for this storm the whole time. <laughs> like, she's oh. been, like, rigging... Rigging this raft up, ri- yeah. tying she's herself like, to the raft. Yeah,
0: she's like, I gotta do stuff. I gotta like make sure I don't like fly off this. Raft. She's
1: always in motion. She's yeah. she has she to stop. always be in motion. Yeah, can't stop. Won't stop. So, you know, they're uh, this storm is no joke. I mean, they're facing probable death yeah. <laughs> with this storm. And she, you know, she ties herself to the raft and she holds her hand out to Halbrand and she says, bind yourself to me. Which uh, they start laying this groundwork yes. so early.
0: <laughs> yeah, calls out to him. So bind early. Bind yourself to me, which is so hot. And if he you... he kind of looks at her like, did she just say that? Like,
1: the way he looks at her, so good.
0: Yeah, and I think, too, it, it like you said, it's laying this groundwork. Um, it's really beautifully done groundwork because to my mm. understanding um because elves can have like these mental connections with people um that she they do have this like kind of mind meld thing that happens at some point um, mm-hmm. where they can't kind of visit each other but it's yeah. like a one-way thing um mm-hmm. where she doesn't really allow him in um yeah but he gives her access to him and that, um, yeah
1: i mean that's and i believe that's part of the lore as well
0: yeah and her like that that bind yourself to me moment is mm-hmm. like it, it feels like um such a it, it is kind of an invitation not just to physically survive this storm <laughs> mm-hmm. um right but to connect yourself like to yeah to bind yourself um and to stay connected in a way, um, which yeah. maybe she doesn't mean I'm reading a lot into it because they're their story. I don't think is... you are.
1: Honestly, I think it I I think it makes sense within the lore that she would say this.
0: Yeah 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 and it's funny because she's done she's done all this work he's basically doing nothing he's sitting there on the raft and she does all of this preparation and work only only for it to um completely blow up in her face yeah Uh, she
1: she gets caught up in some ropes and the anchor and yeah gets pulled down Pulled down to a,
0: a watery grave. And he chose not to bind himself to her, telling Lee, because they barely know each other, you know. But he does jump in after her and uh, gets her untied and brings her back up.
1: There's a moment when he's trying to free her from these ropes that he sees her dagger and his eyes kind of widen. And seeing it the second time, I was like, oh, he recognizes that dagger. He knows exactly who she is.
0: Yeah. I I agree.
1: And he knows exactly what he's done to her. Yeah.
0: I think so, too. Yeah. Um, Because it is very heavily implied through Mm -hmm. flashback that his was the sword that killed her brother. Yeah. Um, And he would recognize that dagger because it's a very specific dagger. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think if he didn't know before, he knew in that moment, like, oh, shit. Like, this mm-hmm. this is, and it shouldn't be a surprise to him at this point because of who he is. But he's like, yeah. oh, th- this is someone I fucked over. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, who haven't you fucked <laughs> exactly. over at this point? And, and at this point, like, <laughs> I think he's a little bit surprised that he gives a shit. That you know, oh, this is someone that I uh, yeah, um, I ruined their life in a way, and like, oh no, what are these? The you know, the repercussions of my actions. <laughs>
1: oh shit! If it isn't those, <laughs> well, and they. It should go without saying they survived the storm. Um The last we see of them is they are both passed out, just exhausted Yeah. on this raft. Uh, the sea is once more calm. And we see a shadow of, you know, there's a ship that has found them. And we don't see who it is or who's on it. But we get a, a there's a figure sort of looming over them. And that's the last part of the episode a very
0: hot figure a very daddy figure oh my
1: god (laughs) just wait oh my god next the next couple episodes i'm gonna be it only gets sufferable
0: (laughs) it only gets hornier from here (laughs)
1: yeah um so on that note i think we should choose your thirst trap oh yes okay so here's what i've got for you today um durin but he makes you compete in a test of strength okay okay Elrond, but he forgets you exist for twenty years. Gil Gilad, but he wears that stupid crown the whole time. Okay.
0: I can't deal with that. <laughs> um so here's the I thing.
1: purposely left Halbrand out of this thirst trap because I mean yeah. it, it it would be too yeah. yeah, it's too that would make it too easy.
0: So Elrond here's the thing, like Forgetting me for 20 years actually doesn't bother me. I like I, <laughs> I know. that's I, very much my vibe. <laughs> yeah, I am the ki- kind of person I am the Elrond in that situation, right? Like, yeah. I think that that's okay. Um, and I would be Elrond in that situation where I'm like, Oh, yeah, I'll just go see my friend who I haven't talked to in a mm-hmm. while and then find out, like, oh no, uh, my friend feels like I abandoned them. Um, yeah, so but I also, you know, I'm not Elrond, isn't my type. Like Mm-mm. I think he's a sweetie pie. I think he's you know a great friend and therapist. Um, yeah, but just not does not do it for me. Like other characters honestly, do. like
1: the actor seeing him out of character, I he's think he is hot. He's extremely hot cute. Yeah, he's yeah, hot very there. hot.
0: And I think also there's some feelings of like you know uh, the um, uh, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on his name who uh, originally played Hugo Weaving. H- Hugo Weaving as Al Ron did things for me, like awoke things oh, in me yeah. at a certain. Age. I mean.
1: In the Lord of the Rings, I was like, oh, yeah, Elrond, he's great. But then yeah. in the Hobbit movies, when he's, like, all decked out <laughs> yeah. in elf armor, I'm like, hello, daddy, yeah. where have you been? Yeah. yeah.
0: So, so it, the, seeing the younger version of him, I'm like, I know you are you can be better. Um, yeah. <laughs> which is awful. Um, and you know what? It, um, the guy who plays the young Elrond does an amazing job. It has nothing to do yeah. with him. But um, <laughs> so – I, but I, yeah, he just doesn't do it for me, so I, I'm not going to select him. Um, the king. Okay. I, I just can't do it. I, he's he would annoy me so quickly. Um, yeah. I would. I am mentally and you know physically prepared to lose um, to Durin in a rock breaking contest, but yeah. he's also my thirst trap because he comes with Thesa, and I would very As much a like to join. I would very yeah. much like to join that family if they'll have mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. I'll t- I, I, I'm I'm down to do whatever they need, honestly. Actually,
1: I'm going to agree with you on this one. I yeah. was I was leaning towards Elrond because you know I'm like you. I'm totally fine being ignored <laughs> yeah, it's for like whatever. years. Yeah, um, but I, I kind of do think, and there's something about Durin that I find very hot. Same. I, I, I don't know like, what it is. I think it's the actor Owen Owen Arthur. Yeah. He's He's just very cute, but like there's something about Duran that's just like he's passionate, you know what I mean?
0: I think that's it. I think it's because he's so passionate and he feels so strongly. Like, whatever his feelings yeah. are, he feels them so strongly.
1: Like, you know, it would be good. You know, it would be good. Oh, yeah.
0: And he, because you also know he's like also a total softie. Like, he is yeah. the biggest softie, um, mm-hmm. and that he is loyal. He is loyal as hell. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, Duran, all the way. All the way. Yeah. I'm going to agree. I'm going to agree, Duran. Yeah. Um, and so um, in the last episode, we played a game. Um, and I'll just go over uh, a little bit again what it is. Um, <laughs> it's based off of Fuck, Mary Kill. But it's a little more um, Rings of Power centric. So <laughs> um, the game is Pluck Fellowship Sagintarag. And... Yes. Um, the Pluck is the person that you would pluck out of the ocean and onto your janky yes. raft. The <laughs> Fellowship is the person you would um, join on a quest for an indeterminate yeah. amount of time. And <laughs> uh, the Siginturag, or the Rite of Sagen-Turag, um, is uh, the person you would challenge to a rock-breaking contest to work out some deep feelings. Okay. Last time we played a non-canonical edition... Um, yeah. this time we're going to do a canonical edition. Okay. And uh, it's Pluck Fellowship, again Tarag, Elrond, Celebrimbor and Halibrand. Halbrand. Halbrand. Okay. I always say his name weird.
1: Okay. Um Jesus. This is a toughie. This is hard. Yeah. Um Elrond, Halbrand and Celebrimbor. Yeah. Okay, um, fuck. Okay, bore test of strength. Yeah. Because I feel like I can maybe take him. <laughs> I don't know. You know what's, I had the same
0: thought. I'm like, oh, um, he, he's-, he's
1: honestly, he's one of those brainy types. He you know? is. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, God. Um, Elrond Fellowship and Halbrand Pluck, among other things. <laughs> yeah, I. It rhymes with Pluck. Yes.
0: I uh, I I mean, I feel about the same, I, exactly the same about Celebrimbor. Like, I feel like I could take him in something physical. <laughs> um, I don't even think he could lift, like, the hammer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, granted, he is, like, the greatest elven, he you know, smith he in the world. So he, he obviously can and would, yeah. but there's um, just something very, like...
0: Mm, there is.
1: There uh, is. Yeah, just very like mm, I don't want to get my nail. I don't want to rip a nail. Yeah, about him.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And it's tough between fussy. The other two. Fussy is the word that I was is looking it. for. Yep, he is. Yeah. he is very. He he gives off fussy.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: I, I'm gonna have to agree though, because like I, Halbrand is not good in the long run. So fellowship with Mm-mm. him is gonna be fraught. Um, yeah. And also, I'm gonna be full of feelings, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and that's not good for me. Um, especially if he's over, you know, eyeing Galadriel the entire time. Um, yeah. Uh, so I would pluck him. Elrond would be great in a fellowship.
1: Oh, um, absolutely!
0: Amazing. He, again, one of the. He, this is the kind of friend you want and need in York. He's a your carer. Form. Yes. Yeah. Because he, he's gonna he's gonna talk you through if you're having a bad time if you can't get through mm-hmm. something he's going to talk you mm-hmm. through it he's going to yeah. do it with a little bit of humor but a lot of heart <laughs> um, and you know and he might forget i me mean for it, 20 he years. might
1: be a little patronizing sometimes yeah he might be a little patronizing he means well
0: and he might forget me for 20 years at a time um <laughs> but you know i i can deal with that because i've got my own yeah. life to live and he so does he <laughs> um so yeah, I'll do that. And then yeah. Uh, boar. Uh, I will take him on head to head in a <laughs> rock contest. I think you could take him. I, I think we both could.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like, I have the upper body strength of a mouse. Really yeah. And like, I have feel have like,
0: uh, I feel like elves are like also like, they're just naturally stronger. <laughs> yeah. They're bigger. Um, so they have to be naturally stronger than human beings. And I am for a human being, not strong. Mm-hmm. Um, so No,
1: no, not even a little I bit. But I almost,
0: in my mind, the way that this goes is I, yeah. you know, I um, demand the right of um, uh, Sigyn Tarag, and with him and he shows up. We're there um, and um, I break um, a rock, right, huffing and yeah. puffing. I have a lot of trouble. <laughs> and he like looks at it and he just decides that it's not for him. You know, he's, yeah, like, he's I, like,
1: this isn't worth it to me.
0: Yeah, he's like, I've, I've got, you know, plants strapped up. I've got some, some forges I need to go make other people make. Uh, I've got rooms that I need to walk into right when my name is said. Right. <laughs> 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 I'm here. You, you rang. You um, rang. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, he, he has entrances to make, and he can't yeah. mess up his hands and nails for that kind of stuff. No, no. Yeah.
1: So i I think that this is a great place to end this episode. I'm so excited to talk about the next episode with you guys. Um, I did have a bunch of lore stuff planned to talk about about Morgoth and the War of Wrath, but obviously we ran out of time, yeah, we so we will save long. that for another time. Yeah, we'll try <laughs> maybe, not. to Maybe talk at some about... point we'll do like a a separate episode for just yeah, lore.
0: Maybe it needs it because yeah. like I, I don't know how much. Uh, we can cut out the Dior and Elrond talk. I don't know how much. No,
1: none of it. Absolutely none. This is going up. It all needs to stay in.
0: And it's all (laughs) very necessary to talk about how much they love each other. Right.
1: It is. I mean, Oh, well, uh, until next time, everybody, um, don't go off the trail and don't walk alone.
0: And don't touch weird men you find in the forest. (laughs) Probably not a good idea. (laughs) Goodbye. Bye.